Hi everyone and welcome back to The Sixth Seat. Today we'll be interviewing our very own Jackie O'Brien who is our newly minted Notre Dame alum. So I'm Ashton. I'm Bridget. I'm Jackie. And I'm Juliana. Before we get started today, we want to take a moment to acknowledge that we're recording this episode on June 5th, 2020, which would have been Brianna Taylor's 27th birthday. Brianna was an EMT in Louisville, Kentucky, who was shot eight times by officers, executing a search warrant in a narcotics investigation. The narcotics in question were not in Brianna's apartment or the home of anyone in her apartment complex. This is just one story among several of the unjust extrajudicial killings of Black Americans. We ask that all our, of our listeners take time to sign petitions for Brianna, Ahmaud Arbery, George Floyd, and countless others, and that you donate to causes that support Black Americans. We recognize that not every listener may be able to donate, but we do know that every listener has the ability to educate themselves on racism in the U.S., the history of militarization and the U.S. policing systems, and the history that many of us were not taught about in school. So please join us in becoming more educated about the systems of white supremacy that our country was built upon and working to dismantle them. We would also like to recognize that the sixth seat as a team lacks critical diversity. We recognize that most of the voices we chose to amplify this semester, both on our hosting panel and within our guests, have been white voices and we deeply apologize for the harm that this causes our community. We are dedicated to airing more diverse perspectives and challenging the homogeneity of the Notre Dame experience as we continue the show. With this all being said, we wanna let everyone know that an application to join our team will be circulating soon. If your perspective has been missing and you would like to lend your voice to the show, please fill it out. We're excited to hear from everyone and to continue growing a community where all Notre Dame students can be represented and celebrated. So with that, um, we are gonna start interviewing Jackie. Um, I guess to start Jackie, how did you decide to go to Notre Dame? Yeah, so I had always wanted to go to Notre Dame. I had grown up like going to like a one football game like every two years or everything, but I just sort of loved like the I don't know, the nature of it and, like, the feeling here, which so many people reference. Um, and for me, like, in high school, too, this is kind of random, but I was, like, such a homebody and did not want to go super far away because I'm from the Chicago suburbs. So for me, also, the two-hour trip was attractive quality um, of the school. But, yeah, it was kind of just something, like, I always wanted to do. And so um, that was the choice I made. But I think that's, like, typical for a lot of students here too that it's just kind of like the school they had in the forefront in their mind um so I've always enjoyed like hearing the people we've interviewed um when it was kind of a school they discovered in their search and then came here and had a similar feeling are you uh did someone in your family go here are you a legacy yeah my dad went here yeah so that's kind of how I always knew about it he went he graduated in like the 80s I think I could be wrong but um yeah so that's kind of like how I was the 80s something that's how I was always familiar with it but um yeah his time here in Notre Dame was obviously very different it was like right when women were being integrated into the university um and being admitted as students so he's always talks about how it was only like he and he was a physics major so there were like no um women wow. in any of these courses but yeah I mean it was such a different time when he was here he worked as a fire student firefighter and lived oh, in the wow. fire 
like <laughs> to get free room and board and free tuition. He yeah, was literally a firefighter for the university. Like, can you imagine today the live? Oh, that's crazy. Never <laughs> that allowed. So it's like such a different time, but yeah. Wow. So we know that you obviously are part of this podcast and wrote for The Observer, but do you want to tell us a little bit about um, kind of what, a, a few things maybe that have kind of defined your time at Notre Dame, which might also include The Observer yeah. in the podcast, but. Yeah, definitely. Um yeah, my time in Notre Dame, well, I was a bad and bullfrog, so that's one thing. Um, I studied political science and peace studies, which was awesome, and I was able, I studied abroad two semesters technically. One of them was in D.C., so not really abroad. Um, and then the other one I spent in Jerusalem, um, which was such a cool experience. So I'd say those were, like, really defining features of my time here. It was actually, I guess, the time I spent away from campus, but um, I think that's similar for, like, many students. Um, and then, yeah, on campus, um, I sort of sometimes did student government my freshman and sophomore year, so then I discovered The Observer, and I was like, ooh, I like this. Um, so, yeah, then I worked as a, well, wrote columns, and then we all did the podcast together, which was super fun. So, yeah. I guess I'm interested, like, what drew you to being Peace Studies and Political Science? Like, what, why were you interested in those majors? Yeah, so I always knew I wanted to be Political Science, because when I entered Notre Dame, I like already had an interest in politics and stuff like that. And I think like the more you get into the major, the more you realize like politics isn't this like glamorous thing. You know what I mean? Like sort of how it's written about in books. And that's how I had read about it up to that point, sort of like in the mystic of the American presidency and this kind of stuff. Um, But yeah, my opinion on that really shifted. And I think it gained like such a more broad perspective. My freshman year, first semester, I was able to take intro to world politics with Professor McAdams. Um, and he's just like the best person ever. And I think he really kind of like made me open my eyes a bit to what I actually cared about and what I actually thought. So that was a really cool experience. And so then from there, freshman year, I like fiddled around with a bunch of different majors. And it was at one time like, oh, I'll be an English double major. Or um, I took intro to gender studies because I thought maybe I'd want to be a gender studies double major. Mm-hmm. And then I took an intro to peace studies course with Professor Verdeja. And he's just like also the best. So that was such a cool experience, and it was fun because I think in my political science major, kind of focused more domestically, but peace studies is so much more about the international perspective, Mm -hmm. Um, and I think a lot of people, like, think peace studies is, like, de-escalation and, like, you know, conflict resolution and, like, peacekeeping circles and stuff, but, like, in reality, it's, like, more so the study of conflict um, Mm -hmm. on a global scale, so that was, like, a really cool thing to learn and be exposed to um, in that intro course, so that's sort of why... I chose to go down that path. What made you want to get involved with The Observer? Yeah, so I think it started like my sophomore year. Somebody wrote a letter to the editor that I was like, no. And so then I wrote one back, and then they wrote one back or something. And then somebody else had written something again. They wrote another letter to the editor, and I realized I just like really enjoyed um, writing in that like opinion format um, and sort of found that like the observer opinion section was really the only place on campus where I felt like I could engage in a dialogue and have like my views be equally represented. Um, So that's sort of what gravitated me there and then um, applying my junior year to be a columnist. So, yeah. Was there a certain column that you wrote that you're especially proud of or had extra, I guess these could be different things like had fun writing or a favorite? Yeah, I think, yeah, I guess, like, the column I, like, think about the most probably 
um, is the one I wrote this year. I can't remember the exact title, but basically it was that week on campus um, where LGBTQ students had posted like signs and posters, you know, talking about how they feel mistreated on campus, um, underrepresented and undervalued. And then some students responded like, making it into a pro-life question and talking about abortion. Mm -hmm. um, and so I responded to that letter to the editor and I was kind of scary. Like, I don't know, that one I think was probably one of my more forceful columns. So um, that's probably the one I'm most proud of. And it was also like a really good experience to see like how many people in the Notre Dame community felt the same way. Um, like I expected to get negative feedback, but I think I only got positive feedback from people. Um, so it was kind of cool to see that like our community does care about these issues. Um, mm -hmm. So that was a really good experience. But I don't know, I have like a bunch of, I don't know, one time I wrote one about um, how Notre Dame like undervalues female athletics. And mm. even though that wasn't like what I typically talk about, that was probably one I think about too a lot, um, just because I think that's an important issue. And one like, the more I researched for the column, um, the crazier it seemed to me. So yeah, I would probably cite those too. I know we've chatted off the recorder, I was going to say off the camera, <laughs> but um, yeah, what's like a funny response you've gotten to your columns before? I've gotten like a bunch of funny ones, like they range, the supportive ones can sometimes be funny too, but like obviously when you think funny, it's typically somebody who doesn't agree with you. Mm. Um, and I remember like my favorite one I always think about is like I got this email, I can't remember what the subject line was, but they did not agree with me. And they said they were like, the one like piece I take away from your column, the one thing that gives me solace is the fact that like, I know I'll be dead before idiots like you are running this country. And I was like, <laughs> I just like, I'd never seen somebody phrase it like that. It was honestly, like they got me. That, that was pretty good. So that would probably wow. be something I think about, which I just oh thought was like, really. Um, I find <laughs> <laughs> I find solace in the fact. I was like, sorry. Well, I'm glad I'm able to give you peace from that perspective. <laughs> At least you get that. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That's so funny. How do you respond to those, neg like, if you get negative feedback? Yeah, I have one message I always send back, which is, thank you for taking the time to read my column. I appreciate the fact that you thought about it, Jackie O'Brien. And that's what I send back. Yeah. And typically, they don't respond after that. So, <laughs> You know, yeah. I think that's very mature and also like it is a compliment to get any response at all. Yeah. Like, that mm -hmm. People are thinking and you're getting a discussion started. So yeah, yeah. It's like it's cool. Like even if you don't like what I'm saying that you were angry enough to email me about it, like wow, I yeah. support. So thank you. Absolutely. Yeah. I had a guy email me once and he was like, Can I talk to you like in real life? And I was like, Whoa. Oh, okay. So I like went we like got coffee and like talked. No way. But he like yeah. yeah, but he like lectured me for like an hour straight and I was like, Oh, so you didn't want to like actually talk. Like you yeah. wanted to like come and yell at me. But I thought right. I was actually kind of flattered afterwards because I was like, I'm like a twenty year old. Like this guy thought that yeah. my perspective was so like like he felt like he had to explain himself to me afterwards which right. is like 
I wasn't like offended. I was just like, okay, cool. I didn't think yeah. that I really like mattered that much, but thank you for needing to defend yourself to me. Like, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like you must have made a great enough point that right. against your point, like really needed to, to take it down. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. Can like, I ask Ashton, like what yes. subject of your column that was like in relation to, was it about covering yeah. like church abuse crisis? It was. Yeah. Okay. That's what yeah. I thought. <laughs> yeah. It was someone, it was someone who was like, I hope he doesn't listen to the podcast. Sorry, buddy. Um, <laughs> someone who's like in the seminary, actually. And he was oh. trying to tell me all about like how great the church was and how the hierarchy was not corrupted. Like just all these different things that I yeah. disagreed yeah. with quite fervently. But I was like, I, feel I mean, like most people disagree. Yeah. Interesting. I did too. But I was like, thank you. It was interesting <laughs> too, because he was also trying to tell me he had just graduated from Notre Dame. And he was telling me all about how like, he never felt unwelcomed at Notre Dame's campus. He never felt like he didn't belong. And I was like, well, of course you didn't. Like, it was built for you. It was not built yeah. for, like, <laughs> like, this right. is a different, of course right. you felt welcome. Like, I'm not going to argue there. Um, yeah, it was interesting, but kind of funny sometimes. Yeah. I think my weirdest would have been, I was, and I told you guys this story, um, but it was, I was at the career counseling center because, I have like never had a major and I was in crisis. And <laughs> I was in there and I was, I guess like I went there for the wrong type of counseling. I think I cried and she was like, this is not what I'm here to help you with. <laughs> I'm only doing jobs. But um, no, and so we were like talking about different things. And I was like, I'm so sorry. Like I've just been feeling really out of sorts recently. And the woman like smiles at me and goes, oh, I know. And I was like, what? And she's like, I read your, I, I read, I remembered your name. I read your column. You've been feeling sad. Oh, like, oh. <laughs> oh my god, that was <laughs> hilarious! Wow, that's kind of a lot. Person response. <laughs> yeah, that is a lot. I don't know how I would possibly respond to that, especially in person. I'd be so caught off guard. You'd be like, you got me. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's interesting. That's super interesting. I feel like, oh, sorry. No, you, uh, I feel like Jackie, in your columns, a lot of times you brought up kind of pieces of, you know, Notre Dame life or Notre Dame policy that weren't always talked about a ton and that a lot of times you might have disagreed with. Um, mm -hmm. So what kind of, I guess, made you feel that way about certain things? And then also, um, how did you decide to kind of express that in such a public space through your columns? Yeah, that's a good question. I think like it came from the place of, I don't know, this is interesting because it's also in a lot of ways like in reference to the first question that when I came to Notre Dame, like I expected it um, to be a fulfillment of the experience, mm. um, you know, that I had anticipated based on my yeah. previous experience with it. And I came in like, three months in is when Donald Trump got elected mm -hmm. and there was a big, you know, shift in the discourse on campus um, and the way people were interacting with one another and a lot of like really concerning instances of hate, mm -hmm. um, you know, that still continue today on campus too, obviously, um, especially with reference to black students, like that's been um, uh, all over Twitter and stuff, you know, and the university has sort of failed to respond. Mm -hmm. um, that and so anyways that's all to say um I kind of realized like this wasn't what I had expected um and that doesn't mean that it was you know a bad experience I'm so glad I came here but 
Um, in a lot of ways, it felt like sort of exclusionary. Like I was the only one of my friends that I knew mm-hmm. who thought this way or cared about this or that or yeah. whatever it was. And so it's challenging to um, community. But then, you know, I met a lot of people and there are so many people on this campus who care about all of these issues. Like totally. I obviously wasn't the first person um, you know, to know about Notre Dame's uh, non-discrimination clause and the fact that it doesn't mm-hmm. include um, gender and gender identity. Like, that wasn't me who figured that out. It was because I met, like, incredible people who told me about that. Um, and I found, like, the place where I felt like I could contribute the most on campus was through writing um, and sharing my opinions in a way that, like, I feel our free speech has been constrained a lot. Um, right. and so the Observer, again, being that, like, primary outlet to voice those opinions. So, it really came from a place of like finding community, finally people who I felt like cared about what I cared about, um, learning from them and like still learning from them. Um, and then being able to sometimes like put those thoughts and feelings um, onto paper and share them with everybody and see what everybody else thought. So mm-hmm. um, it was a good experience overall, but I just feel like in terms of reflection, like if I felt excluded, um, you know, in my freshman year as a white, like cisgender woman on campus um who was a legacy student like I can't even imagine um what it must feel like for so many students and so Mm -hmm. it kind of also came from motivation of like what is really happening here Mm -hmm. um and why doesn't this place always you know fulfill those expectations of what people thought it would be um so and I think that's still like obviously an ongoing question and one that like many higher educational institutions are facing um and there are still super cool people on campus who will probably be <laughs> pushing back on this stuff for years yeah. to come. So, yeah. Yeah, I know um, free speech on campus is one of the things that you talked about a lot. Um, was there any specific kind of incidents like you were involved in or that you saw that made you like really become passionate about that? And then also now that you're going to law school, is that something that like you're interested in kind of pursuing through that in the future? Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, free speech was something that started coming up for me and I think for like a lot of other students specifically in reference to you know Notre Dame's um, approach to abortion and Mm pro-life and obviously you know the university is explicitly pro-life and that's to be expected it's Catholic school Um, but you know in terms of a diversity of opinions being allowed on campus that doesn't Mm -hmm. really exist Um, and I remember my freshman year I got involved with like what was called at the time I don't know if it still exists feminism ND um, I don't think it does. Um, and I had heard stories about how they got kicked off previous years for being pro-choice oh, wow. um, and were later welcomed back with restrictions. Um, I know there are other student groups that have been like limited in what their platform can discuss on campus. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I could like name a bunch of them, but you know, obviously there are people working within those groups still to make change. So you don't really want to just like call it a negative way. Um, and then I don't know, like watching, I'm not involved in Irish reproductive health explicitly but like I support them and um, they've been incredible in what they've done on campus and so I think probably the turning point for me too was when they um, took away you know employee health care for contraceptives and really I think the debate surrounding that and the ability of students to protest that was severely limited Mm. Um, so even if the university wants to claim that we have like a wide open demonstration policy that hasn't been seen in practice um, so that's where I kind of felt the urge to discuss that issue specifically because I think you can't really you know have a qualified position on something if you're not going to listen to every perspective um and so yeah that kind of sparked like my interest in constitutional law too specifically which is what I'm hoping to study so 
we'll see. Nice. Is yeah. it kind of a personal question? So if you don't feel comfortable answering it. But um, you mentioned that like you felt uh, isolated or not included at the beginning of your college career. Did you, like, were you able to feel, hopefully, I hope you don't feel isolated anymore. And like, by the time you graduated, and how did you find that group where you could feel included? That's such a good question. Yeah. You know, my freshman year, I like looked into transferring, like I was just not oh. happy. Um, and I had great friends. And like, I think this is true for many students. Like I, I had a wonderful group of friends, and I'm still friends with them from my dorm. But it took me a little while, first of all, to find those friends, which is obviously something everybody in college faces. Mm-hmm. Um, and then second of all, I think being able to find people who I was able to like relate to on political issues. And so finding that group took a little bit more time, but I think everybody is able sort of to like search each other out, um, you know, and in class being like, oh, like you said this, like I want to talk about this with you. Mm-hmm. And so like going to get lunch together or something and discussing it further, like that's the way I made a lot of friends. Um, you know, getting involved in like different organizations on campus and meeting more people. And like slowly it became not like my circle of like five close friends who I would hang out on, with on the weekends necessarily, but like a group of like 20 people who I felt comfortable discussing these things with and like learning from. Um, and that became a really positive experience. I think like for me too, both of my broad experiences like connected with me with people who I really care about and who I feel like I'm able to connect with in a really positive way. So I think abroad offers that as well, because you sort of bond through figuring everything out and, um, you know, exposure to an area you haven't been before and realizing the issues specific to that area. So I think on the whole, I would probably just say like meeting people through my classes um, and then meeting their friends and then also primarily my broad experience. Do you have, um, you talked a lot about like finding your people. Um, have you had any classes or professors in specific where you felt like just really connected, um, like a favorite class or a favorite professor? Yeah, totally. My favorite professor is like definitely either Professor McAdams or Professor Verdeja, as I previously mentioned. Um, I just think they're like great at engaging students and making them like look beyond also like the walls of the classroom to realize like larger structural problems and like the part we play in mm-hmm. like trying to help create a solution. Um, and, you know, it wasn't like those classes had a homogeneity of views or something. There were definitely people in that, those classes that, like, I didn't agree with at all. Um, but at the same time, it felt like an open space where you could discuss these things and, like, talk about them in an informed way. Um, another class where I felt that a lot, it's called Civil Liberties and Civil Rights. It's with Professor Hall. Um, it's through the political science curriculum, but basically it's like a moot court seminar sort of where you like reenact cases and mm-hmm. you just talk about a lot of different case law and like different civil liberty issues and civil rights issues. So again, like not a homogeneity of opinions, like literally every class would end with people like yelling back and forth and being like, <laughs> why do you think this? Why do you think this? But um, it became like a, I don't know, a space that felt more open where you could discuss this kind of thing. Um, and I definitely met like a, quite a few good friends in those classes who I was able to connect with in a lot of ways. So, cool. Um, I'm curious. I know because we've talked about this um, back when we were on campus when we'd have meetings and whatever. We talked about your senior thesis. Um, yes, I would like to know what <laughs> what you did your senior thesis on um, and who yeah. advised you through that. Yeah. So my advisor is Professor Lehman in the political science department, and he's great. 
Um, and basically my thesis was trying to uncover how politicians respond to scandal um, and like what those responses mean in terms of their electoral success and outcomes. Um, so I took the 2016 and 2018 election midterms and um, obviously 2016 was a midterm, but um, looking then at like who experienced scandal, going to their Twitter feeds and then coding their tweets as either deflective or apologetic on a spectrum. And once I was able to like understand their general strategy, everyone was deflective, heads up, but there's <laughs> different forms of deflection. Um, then I took their electoral outcomes and saw the difference between their previous election um, to see like which strategies proved to be the most successful. And I found that it really pays off to distract your voters, unfortunately. So mm. there are a lot of people who would just not talk about the scandal on Twitter at all and just, you know, be posting 20 times a day about different issues to engage voters and sort of redirect their attention in that. Um, definitely proved the most successful for politicians. That's such a bummer. I know, right? I know. Terrible. I, I was hoping you'd say the person who's most honest and apologetic. <laughs> surprise, surprise, not the case. Wow. Oh, there that's you such go. an interesting topic, though. That's super yeah, that's, cool. It sounds kind of fun, too. Yeah, it was. There were definitely, like, a couple people on Twitter who were reading their tweets every time. I was just like, whoa. <laughs> so <laughs> it was definitely entertaining to, like, um, I don't know, you know, figure out who experienced scandal and then, like, go through their feeds from that time. And everybody varied so much. Like, some people would call it, like, a media scam and, like, fake news and all this stuff, you know. And then other people would be like, I'm sending out a Christmas tree from Nevada to go to the White House today. Like just very different approaches and style. So it's kind of great. Yeah. Wow. That's cool. Yeah. Hmm. Um, well, I know you guys have to run soon, but is there anything else that you would like to reflect on, offer any? Um, we forgot to ask you about Zoom graduation. Oh, my goodness. How oh, could we? Yeah. Um, I guess in like five seconds, how did you feel? <laughs> yeah, surprisingly, it kind of felt special still, which was cool. Okay, good. Um, I didn't expect that it would, but yeah, I think it was just like having your cap and gown and seeing your name roll across that screen. No, it's just, it definitely still felt like the fin final part of mm -hmm. the experience. So I'd say it was a good day overall. Okay, that's awesome. Good. Uh, I know, like I asked, as Ashton said, people have to, pop off but kind of as a some to sum up or a parting note since as we like talked a lot about today in our zoom you've definitely been very vocal and speaking up about what you think is right and I think that this is very relevant especially like in today's times what would be your advice to give someone on campus who maybe notices when things are wrong or has opinions but they're afraid to speak up because they're afraid of getting those angry emails or people upset in class like what's your advice for them yeah I guess it would be two parts which is number one like if somebody doesn't like what you have to say you shouldn't really care um I know that's like a lot easier to say for like me somebody who like occupies a space of enormous privilege um and so if you similarly occupy a space of enormous privilege on campus like even more you should be using your voice when you see things that are wrong and speaking out um, and then second of all, I think I would probably tell people there are so many more supportive people on campus than you would expect. Like they all come out of the woodwork and that's partially the problem is that, you know, we're all afraid of what seems to be like the Notre Dame ideal and not meeting that or not um, agreeing with those points of view that so many people stay silent. But 
when you start to voice your opinions, it's so clear, like, how many people come out of the woodwork and are on your side um, and are with you and are actively working from, like, inside the university and the structure um, to create change. So it's really, um, I don't know, it's like a hopeful thing to see. So I would just say go for it if you feel like you can because it definitely pays off. Yeah, that is awesome. Well, thank you so much for being with us today, Jackie, and for being with us for the past year from our bad podcast to our much better one. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes. Agreed. And I wish you guys all the best. And I'm sure the podcast will continue to become even more awesome. So. Well, we'll miss you next year, but good luck in law school. And as Elwood, do it. Yeah, right. <laughs>